Hello and welcome to episode 17 of our friends, The Anthology. So, I have a little bit of a curveball. We're going to do just one episode of this next show. Mainly because this next show only has six episodes to spare. Yeah. And but, for those of you hoping we were going to do Rescue Me, like I'd said, and we're not, and you're devastated, I'm Mainly sorry. Dennis Leary, who's really <laughs> upset. Yeah. And also, I'm Ron. And I'm David. So yeah, we're going to be talking for one episode uh, until we find a new show to do. We'll be talking about Police Squad. Exclamation mark. In color. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So it got canceled after six episodes. But what did you think? I love it. This is one of the funniest shows. Yeah. It's so good. Just beginning to end. I mean, the easiest way to explain its sense of humor is it's like Airplane, but a TV show. I mean, that's an easy comparison because of Leslie Nielsen, but it's the same sort of... It well, doesn't, it's the same people. You know that, right? Yeah. It doesn't adhere to the constructs of reality. You know, Right. It's, it's just, just a joke a minute. Yeah. Or more than a minute. Which A joke every second. Yeah, which brings me to my main point and question. Why aren't there more shows and movies like this? It's really hard to do and sustain. You also miss a lot, uh, usually, but this episode, like, almost not at all. Yeah. There might have been two bad jokes in it. I just think, I don't know. It seems, and it I, seems I, very I, modern. I'll tell you why. Well, hold on. So, like, Angie Tribeca, is that the name of the show? They do that. Have you seen that at all? No. What's that? What's, what's it called? It's again? with uh, Rashida Jones. I think it's called Angie Tribeca. Huh. It's this, again. Oh. But I don't think it would work as a TV show. And I think that's why you get it for six episodes. And I, frankly, I was thinking about this. I love that we have six episodes of Police Squad. And I'd love it if we had more. But I also am pretty sure that there's no way it would have stayed good for very long. There's just no way to keep it going. It does seem like there are so many other avenues for media. Like, it, it seems like a web series could do this yeah maybe something shorter form wouldn't it get tired after a little while wouldn't you get kind of sick of it maybe maybe not i don't know web has opened up like people are used to consuming content that doesn't necessarily make sense that's fast and furious that's jokes faster than anyone can like even process all of them and they'll just watch it over and over and catch different things and and i think that the attention span of the modern viewer has changed to be used to something that has this kind of pace. In fact, that's funny because Matt Greening has a quote about this series where he was like, it just, it was too, it was too ahead of its time. Yeah. Like only now would you have people who could stay with that rapid fire clip for jokes. Um, but back then people weren't like that. Yeah. And most of the time when people are saying something's ahead of its time, it's, you know, an exaggeration or it's basically their way of saying I'm ahead of my time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And in this case, I really think that, the, our consumption media has trained, changed so dramatically that it, it's true. Yeah. If you haven't seen this, well, you probably haven't because a lot of people haven't heard of this. It's a forgotten show and we didn't announce it. So you absolutely have to go see this episode before we talk about it because pretty sure our entire conversation is going to be us repeating jokes from this episode. And we are so good at repeating jokes. Oh, yeah. From Police Squad. The credits alone are hysterical. They might be the funniest part of the episode. I think it's amazing. Two of the most brilliant gags. 
that they go and special guest star and then he dies yeah. <laughs> he shows up dead already like in the <laughs> and then to announce the episode of the title be different from, i love like weird meta shit like that yeah it's so good and to sort of bring a full circle at the end there's it ends with the freeze frames but it's yes just them holding their facial expressions yes. or not holding their facial expressions oh. and leslie nielsen is so good because he does this really subtle thing where he's supposed to be smi- like an open mouth smile yeah and then to <laughs> because you have to you have to let them know a little bit that you're like moving right but make it like seem natural like you really were trying not to and so he does this thing where he just tries to like swallow extra spit. <laughs> it's so subtle and small, but it's so good. He's so committed. That's yeah. the thing is like, that's the trick to these. And, you know, um, David Zucker and Jim Abraham and uh, Abrahams and Jerry Zucker, they they were really big on. I, when Airplane was being made, I don't know if you know this story. They were like, let's just fill it with comedians. This is hysterical. It was all a lampoon of this movie called Zero Hour, I think. Mm. And then uh, Zaz, they're called. Uh, zucker abrahams and zucker they were like no 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 we have to get like serious actors and have them say it like as if it was for real that's the whole joke yeah and so leslie nielsen really gets that i think it's a it's really great to watch him do some of this shtick the gun gag early in the movie early in the episode she has a gun on her desk and then she goes through her cabinet to pick up a different gun (laughs) (laughs) and then to fill it with bullets too it's so great and then this kills me. I laughed out loud when I saw this. When she shoots the teller, and then yeah, uh, he as he's dying, he files paperwork <laughs> with the state. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. I. We yeah. We are totally are just gonna list off jokes. That There's nothing else to say. It's just brilliant. Yeah. But I love it because you un- you quickly understand how things are gonna go on this show. You understand the pace of it. You understand that. There's jokes every minute. There's multiple jokes a minute. And so there's this long pan over the crime scene from the door, and it pans from the door to the chalk outline. And then you're like, what is the joke going to be? You see the chalk outline, and you know there has to be a joke around the chalk line. And uh, it's like Egyptian hieroglyphics. And it's just so funny to me that, you know, like I knew there was going to be a riff on the chalk line and it still made me laugh it was so kind of just random but how about like because they also managed to do these really absurd ones like because some of it is like very pointed and and that's another thing you know think about this so this came out at a time where you were inundated with these police shows and all these jokes i mean imagine if you were watching this at the time it would have been so pointed because it's everything is a satire like a really specific subversion of like a thing that you've seen a hundred times on all these other police shows. So it would be even funnier really than it is now, you know, and it still manages to be funny today, like extremely funny, but the absurdest stuff they do too is great. Like when they're walking to the crime scene, they're carrying out the guy on a stretcher and the stretcher is like a (laughs) hundred feet long. It's so funny. Just weird stuff like that. I love, I love the imagination of it. And sometimes you can tell that there's just so much work that goes into the execution of these gags. Yeah, I was reading on some kind of review somewhere, maybe on the AV Club or something. They were saying, uh, you know, oh, there was like this this one joke here that they didn't quite nail, probably because they had run out of their prop budget on some of the other <laughs> jokes, you know, because it's so prop based too. Yeah. The other thing is for you were asking, like, why aren't there more things like this? It, it's really funny and it seems 
simple, but you've got to be really keyed in to exactly what everybody else is doing and how they're imitating each other without realizing it. You know, these things, these cliches that we're not even aware of yet, you've got to be, you've got to somehow be able to pick those out, like kind of distance yourself from the whole thing and then pick those out and then come up with these great gags for them. Yeah. So it's kind of difficult. Uh, it, it, it really does uh, mesmerize me. How did you come to this? I think just looking at uh, Zucker, Abraham Zucker stuff. I don't know. Okay. Because I love Airplane and I've been meaning to watch the, what's the other movie series? Naked Bullet? Naked Gun. Well, Naked the, Gun. This, turn, this became Naked Gun. Okay. This got canceled and then years later they said oh well, let's do some movies and it became naked gun there was also the thought that they were like let's just take these six episodes make like a little bit of extra material shoot some extra material to tie them together and turn that into a movie but that didn't ha- end up happening and we got naked gun all a lot of the bits are recycled in naked gun as well mm-hmm. and then there's kentucky fried movie which was their first film that john landis directed i don't know if you knew that oh wow no yeah um and to get back to our original point about this kind of type of content being perfect for like the online audience these days, I have seen a lot of Naked Gun resurface in animated GIF form. Just like the gags are so visual and you don't need the audio. Right. And I'll see them just on Reddit and it's hilarious and it makes me want to watch it and it totally plays to a modern audience in this modern form, modern delivery mechanism. It's really interesting. Yeah, because I mean, think about it. Most of these gags would work taken out of the context of the episode and right. just played in, you know, two or three seconds. Yeah, definitely. It's in- it's fascinating. I was gonna say the name bit where they like do basically like the Abbott and Costello routine, and he does, "Who shot twice?" and then he goes, "No, I shot oh, once." Yeah. You say once, who's once? And then uh, his part, his uh, chief or whatever keeps keeps saying oh once is the guy at the infirmary and then he goes okay and then who and then the, every word like they turn it into and he goes well who's who's that and then he'd go oh that's the guy who runs the uh warehouse <laughs> so like <laughs> and that I, joke yeah. in some ways was only funnier because i was watching this ghetto youtube version of it they had these subtitles oh and really? the subtitles like didn't quite nail oh, that's the hilarious. jokes so it was like a third layer of abstraction. That's funny. Yeah. But the part that's most crazy about that to me, or the most uh, brilliant part of that is, uh, you know, here you're using the Abbott and Costello routine, right? Where it's who's on first, right? You know that bit, right? I actually don't. But you I, know. I what know. I'm, okay. I know like the references. It's like it. who's on first and then they go who? And then he goes exactly. And then. Right. And then, like, it continues out, and everybody's name is, like, a question or something, right? So nobody can, they can't understand each other. And so it's happening here again. And what's really hard to nail about that, like, the reason the Abbott and Costello routine is so famous and works so well is because it stays believable. Like, you really do ground all the responses and all the confusion. And they manage to do it here really quickly, but they add this wrinkle where... He keeps saying, who's that guy? And then the third guy, because they have a third person, which is not part yeah. of the Howard and Costello routine. And his his uh, chief will say, oh, that's the guy who runs this thing. And it just becomes further and further away that has nothing to do with this bank. Like he's just naming people who run different stores. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. 
And then I love his live with a guy joke. She goes, you don't know what it's like to live with a guy for 30 years. And then he goes, no, no, I don't. I lived with a guy for a couple of years. Uh, It was bad. (laughs) He just goes on. (laughs) Yeah. And I live with another guy. It wasn't the same. (laughs) (laughs) And then another line. They're like, what should I tell my kids? And he goes, uh, they keep trying lines on her. <laughs> like, tell yeah, me who went to the war and picking. <laughs> or like, whatever. We got traded to the New York Knicks. And then hit what my favorite is t- <laughs> try telling them a big monster. <laughs> <laughs> try telling them a big monster came and took him to Daddy Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then my favorite bit of this whole thing and I demand that you start doing this from now on whenever I come over is when they throw the wig in his face uh, <laughs> when she throws the wig in his face <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's so funny every time I come over you have to throw a wig in my face okay I have some on hand yeah. okay perfect and that firefight again the visual gags like the fact yeah. that it's a firefight and then cut to a wide and two feet away yeah, yeah. Here's one interesting thing. They once shot, so like every, there, that was a gag in every episode where the special guest star would show up dead, like in the beginning <laughs> in the credits. And they once shot one with John Belushi drowning. And then uh, he actually died before they aired and they, they had to reshoot it because they felt bad. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> and then one last thing. David Schwimmer is one of the kids in the dentist's office. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Think about that. <laughs> Not really thinking about it. Oh, yeah. You're not thinking hard enough. David Schwimmer, one of the kids in the dentist's office. David Schwimmer from Friends. (laughs) Great show. Would you watch more? After one episode, (laughs) I will. That's why we're only doing one episode. I might even finish the whole thing. Wow. I know it's a big commitment. Let's space it out, though. Yeah. Well, the series for next week. It's not Rescue Me. We're putting that to bed. David does not have to be subjected to any more than the one failed episode. My lawyer's letter uh, got through to you. Yeah. And we're going to be watching Wishbone. It's a PBS series from the early 90s. We're doing it mostly because PBS is about to be defunded and we're a little nostalgic. (laughs) Yeah. But it'll be interesting. I haven't watched it in a while and I'm looking forward to going back to it. And I think... The basic gist is Wishbone is this dog who, through narration, he there's a sort of this framing story in every episode of Wishbone the dog and his family and uh, his owner, I think his name's Joe, and Samantha. It's like this trio of friends and their friendship and their struggles together. But then Wishbone also tells this version of a classic tale, so like Robinson Crusoe or Phantom of the Opera. And Wishbone, the dog, stars in these uh, versions of these classic tales. And the narratives in those classic tales and the themes and morals like play into the framing device. That sounds cool. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what our first episode will be, but we'll put it on the Twitter account at movie underscore pod. And uh, yeah. See you next time and have an amazing week.